Hello, everyone, and welcome to the very first edition of the MuTech Teacher Talk podcast. This podcast is a part of MutechTeacherNet.com, a website dedicated to advocating, supporting, and inspiring creativity in teachers and students through music technology. I'm your host and founder of MuTech TeacherNet, Heath Jones. I currently teach music technology courses at McConnell Middle School in Gwinnett County, Georgia, just outside of Atlanta. I'm super excited to kick off this new podcast series, and especially so because of our first guest. Meredith Allen is an education specialist with Soundtrap by Spotify. She has presented sessions all around the world about using technology as a resource for teaching and learning. In our discussion today, we'll be focusing specifically on podcasting. But before we get started, I would like to let you know about a few of our other resources. In addition to the website and podcast, I also have a blog at www.mutechteachernetblog.com and our Mutech TeacherNet channel on YouTube that you can subscribe to. And if that isn't enough, you can also stay in touch with us on Facebook at Mutech TeacherNet and on Twitter. Our Twitter handle is at Mutech TeachNet. Please like and share and always feel free to leave some comments and let us know how we are doing or what you would like to learn more about. So now, without any further ado, I would like to welcome my very first guest to the MuTech Teacher Talk podcast, Miss Meredith Allen. Welcome, Meredith, and thank you for being with us today. Hi, it's so nice to be here. Thanks for inviting me. As we get started, can you just tell me a little bit about yourself and particularly your background and experience in education? I was born in Iowa, and I spent most of my teaching career in Iowa. Uh, I was a 5 through 12 band director for nine years, and during that time, I was also a little bit on the technology side with elementary computers and high school virtual reality program, and I saw that that school was probably not going to be a school after a while because of declining enrollment, so I looked elsewhere for a position, and I was hired as an instructional technology consultant with an AEA, an area education agency within Iowa where I started serving 47 school districts at, at one given time, and specifically with the, the charge of instructional technology. And then, you know, through that time, I learned all sorts of things about robots and, and bebots and, and coding that I didn't think I'd ever know, but I did miss my music roots. And so when I stumbled across tra- Soundtrap, which is an online audio recording system. I kind of jumped on it and started a conversation with the company and and that was three years ago and now I work full-time for them as an education specialist. So yeah, that's me. Very cool. Well, for those that are listening that might not be familiar with Soundtrap, can you tell us a little more about what exactly Soundtrap is? Yeah, well, exactly. The um, easiest way to kind of wrap your head around it, especially if you're an educator, is if you were to have a baby between GarageBand and Google Docs, it would be Soundtrap. So if you think of the DAW, Digital Audio Workstation, capabilities of GarageBand, and you think about the collaborative cloud-based nature of Google Docs, Soundtrap has meshed them together. So it's an, it's an online cloud-based uh, digital audio recorder editor with the ability to be specifically in a safe collaborative environment for, for teachers and students uh, so they can have like a Google Doc feel, but with an audio project instead. I know particularly today with technology and you know, school systems are 
super sensitive to make sure that they're protecting student data and those kind of things. So I know oftentimes with these sort of applications and online stuff, those companies will refer to creating a walled garden you know, for the students. Can you tell us a little bit more about how that is set up just to protect student data and make it appropriate yeah. for school use? Yeah, absolutely. So yes, we do call it a walled garden as well. And what it is, is because of the collaborative nature, you know, Soundtrap, the creator version, which is open to the public, has over 3.6 million users right now. And so I'd like to say that all of those people are absolutely good, you know, good hearted people. We still have to protect our kids. So Soundtrap creates this kind of a biodome over the district or the school. And it's based on this, the school's preferences. So if the school wants to be wide open, they've had that digital citizenship conversation with their high schoolers, they can be if they choose to be. But if they're under 13, you know, by law, we have to make sure it's essentially locked down so only the district people can find district people, and that being the kiddos. Great. I've been using Soundtrap uh, for, I guess, about over a year now. And it's really awesome. Uh, there's so many different things that you can do with it. But for today, the primary topic for our discussion is going to be about podcasting and how podcasting can be a powerful tool for teaching and learning. So to start that conversation, can you just give me a little background on, you know, what is podcasting? How is it developed, you know, particularly in education uh, over the last several years? Yeah, absolutely. And so a podcast is just basically a, a digital audio file that you can, you know, download from the internet or from your app. And it's typically, you know, series based. New installments will come by people that will subscribe via their RSS feed. And, you know, there's probably right now, I, I kind of see a resurgence of podcasting in you just in the general public. And I think that's why you hear this buzzword is that there is a hunger for consuming podcasts, not just, you know, maybe being a creator of a podcast, but people are on the bus, they're on the train, they're on their commute to work, they're, they're listening more to podcasts. And with that comes a growing number of listeners want to start to be the creators, which I love that. I mean, it, it's driving um, the creative nature of the, their passion. And also just over the last month, two months, it's increasing more and more. Just all in our pocket on our phone, which is kind of nice. Yeah, I think it's so, it's really difficult, particularly for teachers. You know, we tend to teach uh, like we were taught and learn how we learn. But, you know, it's so interesting that, you know, the way uh, I consumed media when I was a kid, you know, it was just the TV and the radio, uh, really. Mm -hmm. You know, and today, uh, you know, we've gone from, you know, if I wanted, if you want to see a particular show, you had to be at the right time on the right day. Uh, and now the way that we get our media and consume our media, uh, whether it's music or television is completely different. And uh, you know, the kids are, the kids are there, like that's how they're doing it, but it's still kind of strange to make that switch. I think for teachers. Yeah. And I think, you know, part of it with our ultra, Oh, I don't even know the word, but like, everything's coming at us now. We have screens in front of us constantly. It's, it's somewhat refreshing to take the visual out of something and only hone in on the audio. And so I really like, I like the idea that podcasts kind of stop us from being in front of the screen and makes us use our ears more to consume the information. Right. You know, that 
listening is a skill. And, and just like, <laughs> could any, you tell my husband that? <laughs> <laughs> and my, my wife may have the, the same question. But, um, but yeah, you know, it, listening really is a skill. And like any skill, it has to be taught. It has to be practiced mm -hmm. uh, in order to, um, you know, get better at it. And I think it's really interesting that you, you bring that up because I think it's, it's so true that students and people in general often don't get the chance to practice listening. And uh, so, yeah, that definitely, I think uh, a bonus about podcasting I have, I have considered. So, mm -hmm. so with podcasting and specifically with teachers and, and education, what are some of the ways that you've seen that teachers are using podcasting in Soundtrap to enhance teaching and learning in the classroom? Yeah, in general, you know, podcasting is basically audio blogging. So we want kids to read and then write about their reading, or we want them to, uh, we do lots of writing in school. And this is basically just an audio way to share their learning. And, you know, they can use podcasts in the classroom to interview uh, each other or experts in the field. They can tell stories, their own created stories or stories that they've retold. Newscasts are, you know, like either fake or real newscasts. Debates, we see, you know, radio shows of all sorts, anything from sports to politics, you know, anything and everything when it comes to audio. Announcements, you know, schools have, a lot of schools have their announcements and now they're done on, in Soundtrap. And, and they're able to edit it easily and, and collaborate in a, a super slick way. So, yeah, kind of the gamut. Yeah, I, you know, I think it's somewhat interesting that I think educators over the last five or ten years have become experts at uh, differentiating instruction. And that's been, uh, you know, a big topic and an important topic when it comes to delivering instruction, that we differentiate that instruction because we know people learn different ways. But the contrary side to that that I think is uh, disappointing is that we often don't differentiate assessment uh, mm. or we don't give students different ways to demonstrate what they know. So, uh, you know, the writing piece is important. And a lot of times, you know, students have all these thoughts in their heads and mm -hmm. like just physically, if they struggle with writing, um, they literally can't get their thoughts down quick enough. No, but, and, and it has, that has so many, uh, applications that are that can be negative too and you know the students are anxious because of that and then they they feel you know it goes to a self-esteem thing and so if you could just take away that one piece you know instead of having the kid write down uh their essay you know an essay is not usually you're not assessing the kid on their structure of writing usually it's more to explain that they understand a concept well if you just say could you just record your thoughts it's going to be so much nicer for the kids. It's it's somewhat hard to to grasp that way of thinking when we've lived in a very institutionalized way of doing things for the last hundred plus years in education. Yeah, and I think that would you know be a neat thing for a student to be able to record their thoughts and then even go back and listen to their own thoughts while they're trying to you know maybe transfer that you know to writing or if they're entering it on a word processor or something. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. So, well, my next question is about the uh, technical resources uh, that are needed to do a podcasting project in a classroom. So, for example, at my school, teachers can either reserve a computer lab for their class or they can check out uh, a set of Chromebooks in their classroom. 
And I have Soundtrap for my students, so if they can get to a computer, they can log into Soundtrap on the school computers. Um, but beyond the computer and the application, what other kind of equipment or things will students or teachers maybe need to get to use either to do podcasting or Soundtrap in general? Yeah, as far as technically speaking, you have, you know, the bare bones, which is, you know, a Chromebook and the recording program, whatever that may be. And on a Chromebook, I think probably Soundtrap is your solution. Uh, if you're on a Mac, you could very well use GarageBand. Um, if you're on, you know, so that's that's the basic is a, a microphone. And that was, they have microphones in Chromebooks. They're not fantastic, but they do the job uh, quick and dirty. And probably I'd say 90% of the teachers I run across use the internal microphone on their devices, just because they're not going to have this amazing published product. They're just, you know, it's a class activity. Um, I would say for the other 10%, they want a higher quality recording because they may be sharing it out. And so they do that a couple of different ways. They they upgrade their microphone to like a, a, a nicer USB microphone that you can plug in. And I use, you know, I use a, a pretty wide range of microphones. I, I really like a Samson. There's a Samson Go mic that's real small, clips onto the computer and it's like 40 bucks on Amazon or something. But then I also use a Polson. I use this um, iRig. Uh, and then I know a lot of teachers use Snowballs. So that's kind of just you pick your poison. They're all very good microphones. Some some schools might even, you know, have a dedicated space for recording, you know, uh, not just a hallway. And so that, you know, like with, with some sound dampener on the wall or something to make it real quiet. Uh, and then some may even have... Uh, windscreen or a pop filter for their microphone to to kind of edit out some some pop you know sounds when you talk i would say headphones is a given these days just because then you can hear yourself you can monitor back if you need to um, so technically speaking those are all upgrades but like you had said heath you have you know chromebooks and soundtrap and you get the job done yeah i've had people ask me before you know what, what how much equipment am i going to have to buy to start a music technology program and I tell them when I started the music technology program here at my school, I didn't have any equipment. I, I had a computer lab. That was it. So you really can uh, do a lot with a little. Uh, and I think oftentimes when administrators or parents see, you know, what they're able to do with limited equipment, they start to open their eyes and you're able to go, guess what we could do if we had, you know, a little more uh, and then right. it grows. So, yep. Um, yep. For sure. So, you know, once we get, you know, a teacher gets all those technology pieces in place, kind of want to talk a little bit about kind of what to expect, you know, then, you know, with, a, you know, a classroom project. I like doing group projects with my students. We kind of alternate individual projects and, and group projects. And you might maybe even talk about the, uh, you know, how in Soundtrap uh, they have, uh, you know, that piece where they can share you know, share a file and they have that communication, instant messaging and videoing. But, uh, you know, once they're working, what can you kind of describe maybe like, what's that classroom going to look like? What, as a teacher, uh, you know, what should I expect to see this podcasting going on? Yeah, that's a great question because it's not going to be your typical day in the classroom. And, and it's, it's going to probably be a bit scary for the first timers that don't really know what to expect. And so, 
you say you have a class of 20 kids and they're partners. They're interviewing each other for a podcast. You're going to have 10 conversations that need to be recorded. Now, you probably won't all record on the same day. So there may be one set of kids uh, or one set of one pair of kids are going to be in one corner working on their script. One might be on the phone interviewing somebody. One, one set might be in the editing mode where they're in the lab and they're getting down to the nitty gritty of adding their background music. One might be uh, in the hallway because it's the quietest place recording. So it's, it's going to be a bit crazy. And I think that the, the thing to kind of lower everybody's blood pressure is that, you know, there are so many wonderful resources out there now that kind of step you through the process and can help you keep the kids accountable for moving them forward throughout the project. Because just handing them the, the recorder, whatever that may be, and saying, okay, go do a podcast, you're probably going to end up with a lot of off-task kids because you're giving them freedom without very much instruction. So it is a bit crazy. I do, um, I will say one thing, if you are going to be kind of stuck with a room and you all have to record, I just donated some to my, my daughter's classes, some mobile sound booths, which is just basically a collapsible tote with a little bit of soundproofing inside. And I have the kids stick their microphone in there with their head. And it looks a little silly, but it cuts out a lot of the background noise happening in the classroom. I would say probably 80 to 90% of the background noise is cut out because of their body blocking the hole and then the, and kind of being stuck in that one space. That helps with the, you know, limiting the chaos. But then also, you know, the collaborative nature of Soundtrap. So we have this project going and say the kids are like, no, I don't want to record during school. It's too crazy. Well, they can actually record from their respective houses, you know, those pairs. John can, can call up Kelly through Soundtrap because we have this video chat feature that if the school decides to open up, they have it at their fingertips. You're in the project. John calls up Kelly through the platform. He says, are you ready to record this podcast? Kelly says, Yes. One, two, three, they both push record on their respective ends and they have their podcast conversation. Very similar to what, what you and I are doing right now, Heath. And then they're done, they push stop, they both save, they sync, and they can see and edit each other's tracks, which that's never been done really in a DAW before. And so it opens up a lot of possibilities with uh, collaboration outside the classroom. That was one of the things that when I first saw that capability in Soundtrap that my, my mouth sort of just hung open for a second. Cause I was like, Oh my gosh, they're doing this. You know, like you said, it's like a Google doc that you could have two people editing the same document uh, at the same time, but they're doing it with a sound file and a doll. Right. Which, in the cloud. <laughs> which is amazing. I know. It's really, really very cool. So, but you know, even you mentioned, uh, you know, some schools may opt to turn off that video feature and, um, but if they were doing something like we're doing with the interview format where one person was the interviewer and the interviewee, you know, they can even record their parts separately. They absolutely can. You know, so and if the, you know, one person has the list of questions then can give the answers and, uh, and then they can combine those tracks later. Yep. Yep. There's definitely solutions for any, any barrier that you come across. That's a good point. And, and I should probably, follow with that sometimes because I do, I, I think some teachers hear video chat. Oh, I guess they can't collaborate, but no, they absolutely can. I know it's, um, you know, a, a person that, that, you know, uh, John Malenziak with uh, note Flida, who is a wonderful resource and an advocate for music education and technologists like you are. 
but I was, I remember talking to John. I always remember the quote, you have to learn to embrace the chaos. Um, exactly. Because the, um, when you put that tool in the kids' hands, I mean, they, they will just go to town. They will. And they start teaching you things like there's lots of ins and outs and, and tweaks and, and features and functions I could step you through, but let your kids teach you, like turn, turn the tables and, and turn it into a teachable moment for them to have the, the empowering moment to hold the knowledge and share it with you. Those are, cause those are the best and you see their face and they, and they have some ownership on that. And this is so fun. Yeah, it is. I, I remember last year, a student asked me a question, can I do, you know, I, this? I said, no, I, I, no, I don't think you can do that. And, you know, I walked off and a couple of minutes later, he raised his hand and I went back over and he went, hey, Mr. Jones, I figured out how to do that. <laughs> That's and the went, best. And I was like, wow, no kidding. Show me, show me. And he was, he was so excited to go, oh, uh, this, this. But you're absolutely right. That's, uh, I think, you know, with technology, students are just, I mean, they're fearless where a lot of times, you know, adults, it's like, what button do I push? I don't want to push the wrong button. I mean, they, they have no fear. They'll, they'll right. push and swipe anything. So yes, they absolutely will. Well, yep. my next question, and these sort of kind of go together, but you know, once they do this podcasting project and they're finished, how do the students share those podcasts with the teacher or maybe the teacher to the students? And as kind of a follow-up, or maybe should have been the first question, tell me a little bit about how Soundtrap integrates with uh, Google Classroom, or uh, I know there are a lot of different kind of learning management systems out there. So, but uh, tell me a little bit about that integration and just how teachers and students are able to to share these things. Yeah, that's awesome to bring up because I think that this is something you need to, you as, and I say teachers should consider before they even assign the podcast project. How, who is going to be your audience and how will you share that information? If it is just a class project, then there's one way to do it. But if you want to share it with the world, there's another way to do it. So I'll talk about the assignment features first. So let's say you want to keep that walled garden closed. You don't want you know, the collaboration is happening, but it's just going to happen within your school system. And it's basically simply an assignment the kids will do and you will, you as a teacher will be the one to listen to them. And you could do that um, through the assignment feature, which you go into Soundtrap, you save a, a project as the title of the assignment, let's say call it podcast assignment, you save it, you exit the studio. That's going to be the top project in your profile page. And when you click on that, a couple of options pop up, one of them being create assignment. And this is a magic button. I love that they do this because it makes things so much easier for, for administration type pieces. And so when you click on that, you're, you're essentially now forking off that project to whoever opens it, and then that creates their own version of it. So it's kind of like make a copy for Google Docs. But then what's nice is that they're all located in a folder that's created by Soundtrap. So you can go in and look at podcast assignment folder and see that 15 out of the 30 kids have completed the assignment and you're still missing 15 podcast assignments because they haven't logged in and they haven't opened it and worked on it. And so that's one way. And then as a teacher, you know, you can go through and listen to them, add comments. You're an automatic collaborator on that assignment. You can also do all of those steps we just talked about with just through Google Classroom. 
So when you click that make assignment button, we have a Google Classroom button that follows it. And it just launches Google Classroom. You pick your class, you put the assignment in, the due date, boom, 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 and you're into Google Classroom and, and the kids will see the link in their newsfeed within their class. Um, if you want them to share it with the world, then you're probably going to need to think about how that's going to look. So if you want to have um, it shared on the school website, you could always download it as an MP3. If you want to tweet it out as a teacher, you know, you can do that. And just they, it's nice because it, it generates a URL that's live for 30 days. So you can copy and paste that URL and nobody needs to, in order, if you choose to do this and that listener clicks on it, they don't have to have a Soundtrap account. It just launches uh, a play button. I use this link a lot with like administrators. I'll, I'll shoot it into a, um, an email and say, hey, listen to the fifth grade today. This is what they created. And then that administrator can just click on it real quick and hear, you know, John and Kelly's podcast. So there's lots of different ways. We are integrated with Schoology, Canvas, and Music First as well. It's just super, super easy. And, um, you know, I tell people all the time, I am not a tech guru. If it's not easy uh, and simple to use, I'm moving on to something pretty quickly. The integration is, is super easy, which is yeah. awesome. So, and we, um, the kids expect easy and the teachers are starting to expect easy. If the tech's not easy, it's not worth their time. Right. So, you know, in my experience, you know, access to technology for teachers and students is, has never been better. Uh, many school systems are doing a great job of providing the technology, but they often don't provide the training or professional development that teachers need to make the best use of that technology. You know, I was just wondering, do you have some resources that you might be able to recommend for teachers who are interested in learning more about using Soundtrap in the classroom or about ed tech in general? Yeah, I would say there's three three places uh, I would I would go through if I was a teacher just now dipping my toe in the water of podcasting or audio create creation, and that would be uh, Soundtrap specific. We have an educator's course which is online. It's free. Anybody can take it. It's a, basically probably about an hour of learning. You go in, you answer questions, you watch some videos. You you know it's flipped learning, and you get a shiny little badge on your um, Soundtrap profile if you if you want. And so that's the first step. The second step would be perusing our EDU blog. Uh, and it's edublog.soundtrap.com. And this one's separate than our consumer blog. It is only for resources uh, specific to teachers. It has our lesson plans. It has teacher snapshots, which kind of are just jumping off points. It has tens and tens of user stories from all over the world. Uh, mostly in the U.S., but we have the world is is definitely represented. And a lot of these teachers share their resources on our blog. So it's very, very rich for, for needing some content. And then the third one is, if you are in the Twitter world, I highly recommend checking out, you know, hashtags like podcast, podcasting, podcast edu. Very, very um, good stuff there as well. The issue a lot of times is it not having the resources, but there's so much out there just being able to narrow it down. And just from experience myself of the EDU blog with Soundtrap, it's, it's really fantastic. Now I'd kind of like to step outside of the classroom uh, and education, so to speak, and talk a little bit more about formal podcasting. So if I were a teacher that was wanting to create a series of podcasts for my students, 
or really anyone that is interested in starting a podcast series, what are the essentials or advice or tips that you could share about creating an effective podcast? Okay, great. The first thing I would recommend is start listening to podcasts if you haven't already and find some that you liked. And why did you like those? Just like a reflection piece. Um, and this is a great activity to do with students too, is, is have them you know, write down or record somehow why they liked these certain podcasts. And then that leads into the thinking phase of, so let's say you have your kids, they, you want to do a podcast, you're going to ask them to, to think about what they want to accomplish, determine the learning objectives that you want to get through you know, in your class, um, have the kids get into groups, start brainstorming, leads into like script. You're going to have to probably write or have the kids write a script of some kind. Um, and I'm kind of saying this in both like in a personal way of doing podcasts or in your student's way. But it's, it's just very nice to have that like boom, boom, boom. This is what I'm going to talk about. This is the order I'm going to talk about things. And it doesn't necessarily have to be verbatim, but um, definitely a really good outline uh, to storyboard their potential, you know, like intros, transitions, um, maybe lead into future episodes. And, and that's the step before you would record. So then, you know, you're going to want to record. There's take some planning with that. It can be um, difficult to find that quiet time sometimes. But um, also you're going to probably be a little bit challenged with the kids uh, being frustrated with messing up so many times. But that's a wonderful thing because there is an editing phase. So just tell the kids, you know, after you record, you know, if you're not happy with it, you can always re-record or record on another track. Don't necessarily overdo your work because you might like the first five seconds of this one and the last five seconds of that one. And you can put them together because, you know, we have the editing software for that now. And then, like I said, editing, you know, you're, you're just going to want to go through and make sure the story is the way it, it comes off that you want it to. This is where you would maybe add music at the beginning or sound effects, transitional pieces. You know, if, if you're going to have like fake commercials in the middle or real commercials, I highly recommend real commercials, get the community involved in some regard. And then you could publish, you know, it could be, I kind of envision this like cross-curricular podcast that involves the English department with the writing piece, the music department on the composition of the intro music, the, you know, whatever the content might be, and then bring the community in for sponsoring it. Or uh, even just the district is like advertising the football game on Friday night. So, and then publishing. So where is that, that podcast going to go? Is it going to go on the school website? Is it going to be put into your class blog? Is it going to go on Twitter? Is it going to go home to mom and dad in MP3 form? Uh, a lot of teachers like to use QR codes and have like gallery walks of their podcast. So as parents are visiting the school, they can see a little one pager about the podcast, see the QR code there, scan it on their phone, and they can be listening to the podcast right there, which is kind of cool. So yeah, those are kind of the steps and I, I can go over those again. So think, script, Record, edit, and publish. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. So my intent is to always finish uh, these podcast episodes talking about the future of technology and education. And I know that Soundtrap in the last year was uh, bought by Spotify, which I'm sure most people are very familiar with. My question is, what can you tell me about this merger uh, between Soundtrap and Spotify and what might you be able to share with us about uh, the future of this collaboration? If I told you, I'd have to kill you. 
<laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, we're we're maintaining uh, our own company, our own brand, Soundtrap, uh, with no plans to change that, which I absolutely love because I, you know, I've been with the company three years and I'm fully invested in that. So that that was very nice to hear. Uh, one of the huge bonuses is that our team has gotten to grow. We've gotten some arms and legs in the form of more developers, more educate ed education specialists, um, and it seems to be growing more and more every day. Uh, which helps with much needed improvements. And, you know, some, some of those improvements have already been released. Like a multi-track recording is going to be released for all EDU subscribers very soon. So that's, that's huge. That took some manpower to do. And we've had an improved groups page on the EDU side of things. And we wouldn't have been able to do that if we hadn't gotten more, more arms and legs with the company. So I, I'd love to tell you all the plans, but they don't invite me into those meetings. I don't... <laughs> But I can tell you it's it's all been very positive and the future is very, very bright. So we will stay tuned. Uh, exactly. We'll wait to hear for that. So <laughs> there are two questions that are really just uh, very general in nature. The first one is in your experience, and you've had a number of years that you've been working in education and in technology, has there, has there been anything in particular that has surprised you the most about how technology has evolved in the areas of music and education? I think for me personally, the biggest change has been the lack of needed hardware. So when I took music technology in college, it was in a big scary room with lots of cables and lots of mixers and uh, it was quite overwhelming. Uh, we worked on daisy chains and all that stuff. Now, consequently, I went to the classroom and I didn't touch music technology, probably because of that. It was too overwhelming uh, for me to kind of wrap my head around it. And so I think now back to then and where we're at now, when in order to get a high quality recording, you only really need a decent microphone and your, and your phone <laughs> kind of fascinates me. Like there's no cables. <laughs> you could probably use your and I say microphone, you can probably just use your phone, and that's it. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's pretty amazing. You know, when I think about think back to the world of flip phones, and hmm. you know, we were amazed we could take a picture with our flip phone, and it was so grainy and not very, uh, very good back then to today. It's it's really it's amazing the sound quality and the image quality that you get out of that device these days. So Right. So yeah, that question is kind of looking back. So my last question for you is, where do you think we're heading with technology, with music education uh, into the future? Oh, definitely up. It's not, a, it's not probably at the pace that I want it to be, but the, we, the music education community, is slowly accepting that electronic music creation or audio creation through DAWs is not going to go away. And definitely fulfills a void that we were not super keen on filling before. And I, I can definitely take complete ownership on being one of those teachers is that when I was first, second, third year teacher, I had kids come up to me, you know, after maybe they were in middle or even high school. And I, I worked in a small school, so I would have the entire program. And they would say, Ms. Allen, I want to be in band. And those are the kids where I was like, okay, but do you read music? And I would, I would, you know, sadly kind of end there. And I, I should have, those, those are the kids that are the next, you know, 
Justin Timberlake's of the world. I mean, there, it, if you look at the list of musicians that don't read music, it's, it's astounding, but also not surprising because music is not about the notes on the page. It's about what's inside you and electronic music and, and not even just electronic music, but creation, music creation is, is so necessary and so important. So I think, you know, it's, it's slowly inching its way into the, into the daily practice, um, which, which is a good thing. So up, we're definitely headed in the right direction. Well, Meredith, I have enjoyed this conversation so much today. You know, before we wrap up to ask, are there any final thoughts, words of wisdom, encouragement you'd like to share? No, I just say, well, thank you for having me. And, and, um, you know, those who are listening, just keep doing the good stuff. We live in a, a very crazy, busy, wonderful world. And, and I know you're, you're, trying to do the best that you can. And, and uh, by listening and learning, you are there already. So just keep going. Great. Well, Meredith, it's truly been a pleasure speaking with you today. I really appreciate you taking the time uh, to have the conversation and uh, sharing your expertise about music technology and education and soundtrack. I look forward to getting in the classroom and starting to, to use some of this stuff myself. So thank you again so much. Thank you. Thank you once again for listening to the Mutech Teacher Talk podcast. I would encourage you to sign up to become a member of the MutechTeacherNet.com website that's full of resources, lesson plans, links, and other great materials for music technology teachers. Subscribe to my blog at www.MutechTeacherNetBlog.com, our YouTube page by searching Mutech TeacherNet, and like and share us on Facebook and Twitter. This is the Music Technology Teacher Network. Advocate, support, inspire, create. Have a great day.